Hallelujah. Welcome everybody around the world. God bless you today. Welcome Church of God in the sanctuary today. Thank God as we gather together around his word, we know this, that the darkness of Satan's power is what? Over. And the true light of Jesus shines so brightly. Shines with salvation, with healing, deliverance, peace, power, and prosperity for all who believe in God and trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I declare to you today that redemption will come to you from the Lord. I declare to you today that what you've been waiting for, the Lord will bring to pass in your life. The Lord has revealed to me that he's going to bring in rapid succession, rapid succession, miracles, miracle upon miracle into your life. It's going to come to pass. Believe it, receive it, and let it be your portion in the name of Jesus. I pray this for everybody in the sanctuary today. I prayed for our church online, everybody around the world, those visiting with us today, in the name of Jesus. Redemption is yours. What you're waiting for, the Lord will bring to pass in your life. In rapid succession, there's going to be miracle upon miracle. Receive it in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. If you believe it, say amen and give the Lord a shout of praise. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He will give you grace upon grace. Miracle upon miracle. He will load benefits upon you. The Lord will not forget, forget you. He has not forgotten you. Hallelujah. What you presented before him, he has heard, he has received, he has answered, and you're going to experience the power of God in your life. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Amen. Lord, we are so grateful to you for your love. Oh, we are grateful to you for your love. We're grateful to you for your mercies that are new to us every morning. You, Lord, are rich in mercy toward us. We receive of your grace, of your fullness. We receive blessings that make rich, to which you add no sorrow. The blessing of forgiveness of sins, the blessing of the healing of diseases, the blessing of redemption and deliverance from oppression, from darkness, from trouble, from confusion. The blessing of our youth renewed as a mighty eagle that we can soar on high. To come into the place appointed for us by you, the living God. Thank you. The blessing of knowing that as far as the east is from the west. So has God removed, set our sins away from us to never remember them anymore because of the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because of his shed blood, we're redeemed, we're forgiven, 
we are purified, we are justified, we are sanctified, we are glorified by your spirit in the name of our Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Lord, as your word comes forth today, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you confirm it with miracles, wonders, signs following. Give understanding to your people, to those who come with simple hearts, trusting hearts to receive the word as the very word of God, which is able to build them up. So the Lord build you up today. The Lord strengthen you today. The Lord comfort you today. The Lord bring consolation to you today. The Lord heal your body today. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, the Lord make you whole. The Lord bring to pass what you've believed him for. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father, that God's people receive the inheritance among the saints in light. And so the very God of shalom, the very God of peace, preserve your body. Preserve your body, free from hurt and harm. Make you whole. Your whole spirit, soul, and body be presented faultless and blameless by the blood of Jesus because of the shalom of the living God. Thank you that nothing's missing, nothing's broken. We are made whole. We are made whole. We are made whole. People are made whole. In their soul, they are made whole. Emotionally, they are made whole. In their minds, they are made whole. In their spirit, they are made whole. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, come with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Praise the Lord. Oh, God, glory. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. All right, so let's uh, look, uh, turn to Luke chapter 2. You're going to have to bear with me a little bit today. Uh, I've been gifted with a new Bible. Amen. I, I wear out Bibles. I study them and just get worn out. And somebody saw my Bible up here, my pulpit Bible, uh, worn out and gifted me with a Bible today. So I'm grateful. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to wear this one out too. <laughs> Let's see how many years uh, this will endure. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so as you know, sometimes with the new Bibles, you know, it's, it takes a little while to open, you know, to, to find the verse. So uh, Luke 2, 25. Praise the Lord. Please uh, look for it. I'll be right with you. Praise the Lord. 
Luke chapter 2. I'm back. Luke chapter 2 and verse 25, I said. Let's see where it is in this Bible. All right. Luke 2, 25. Uh, is it the part that says, and behold? Is that how, where it, how it starts? Okay. All right. So, I, I got it right then. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was righteous. The word just means righteous in this context. You know, like justified. The same man was just and devoured. Waiting for the consolation of Israel. This is where today's title is taken from. Waiting for consolation. Consolation is the same as comfort. It is talking about redemption. Receiving a blessing that comforts you. That consoles you. That brings you peace. That brings you, you're settled. Your mind is settled. Emotionally, you're settled. Your spirit is at rest, at peace. That's what it's talking about. Amen. So it has to do with salvation and all the blessings and benefits that come together with it. Does that make sense to you? All right. It, it's, just, it's not just simply saying, uh, like to somebody, just be consoled. No, it's more than that. It's talking about the Lord ministering life, like I prayed, that, you know, uh, God will preserve your spirit, soul, and body. He's ministering what he knows. See, God knows you. He knows every one of us, and he knows exactly what each one needs. So God ministers exactly what you need to you, to your spirit, your soul, and your body. And that brings life to you. That brings wholeness to you. When that happens, you are comforted. There's, you're no longer distressed. You're no longer diseased. You, you are at ease. You are at rest. You, know, you are satisfied. Amen. It's like, yeah, forgive me for saying this, but we're in a, a holiday season, so I think it's, a, it's good. It's like when you have a really good meal that you enjoy and, and you're full and satisfied and you just sit back like, man, that, that was just, that was good. You know? I know it's just material, it's food, but bear with me. It's like that. You're like, oh, yeah, that, that was just nice. And, and, and then what happens is, you, you just fall asleep, you know? <laughs> you, just, you, just, you, you are just contented. Are you with me? All right. For you are, not, you are not like me. I don't know what example I can give you right now. But I think you get it. Amen. All right. So there was something this man was looking for. And I'm going to be expounding on it. But I just need for you to see that he was waiting. He was in expectation. Is earnestly looking for something. Amen. That's what's happening here. Waiting for the consolation 
Now, interestingly enough, this consolation here actually at this point was for the entire nation. But my question is, how many people in the nation were like Simeon, who were earnestly desiring and expecting it to happen? You understand, he says, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He didn't say he was waiting for his consolation only. This is the entire nation. Amen. Now, the question I ask myself is I wonder how many people in the nation at the time were in expectation like Simeon. I pray for all the men listening to me that we will have the spirit that Simeon had. We will be in expectation. We will wait upon the Lord and look to him to bring to us the benefits of salvation, the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let it be the portion of all the men here. And then also, the women as well. For the women, the example I want to give to you is also here in Luke 2. I want you to skip for now. I'm going to go back. I'll go back to verse 25. But let's talk to the, the females. <laughs> let's talk to the females. My goodness. The world is not interesting. Just, just in case somebody feels that I left them out. <laughs> Luke 2. Uh, let's see. Uh, verse 28, uh, again, is a new Bible, so you're going to have to help me. Um, uh, this verse 28 in the King James start with, and there was. Is that, no? Okay. Uh, what does 28, let's see. 28 is the blessing, right? Okay. All right. Uh, then give me 34. Maybe I should go to my old Bible. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I think I'm going to go to my old Bible for today. All right, and then get familiar with the new one. Because I just opened the new one. So, all right. So Luke 2, 34. Is it, let me see, Luke 2, Luke 2, thank you, Jesus. All right. And so, Scott, what did you have for me? He says something? For, okay, go, go, go with, what was it, and Simeon, right? Okay, good. Excellent. Thank you. So, I, I'm right. Let's go. Uh, media, it's verse 34, please. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of men in Israel for a sign which shall be spoken against. Remember, I was telling you that as, as I was studying this, I was asking myself, this consolation is for the entire nation. And I wondered how many in the nation we're expecting, we're believing, we're waiting for 
the manifestation of the word or the promise that God had given to them. How many, like Simeon, were waiting for it? Now, as you see here, Simeon blesses God. I'll go back with filling. I'll fill it in. But he thanks God. He praises God that he had lived to see what God promised come to pass in his life, in his lifetime. We're good so far? All right. Then he says something. He says, the birth of this baby Jesus is for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. Look at that. So there's, there's a division. The fall and the rising of many. So some will rise, others will fall, right? Okay. Back to what I was thinking to myself. God has made promises. Simeon chooses to believe. What will God do for Simeon? It will make him rise. How many of you are happy when you're down? Nobody. You're not comforted when you're down. You're comforted when you're up, right? How many are happy when you're sick, like physically sick? Nobody. You're comforted when you're well and when you feel well. We all good? Okay. But Simeon had to believe to see. He had to believe to see God's word manifest in his life. He had to believe to see it. Amen. He had to decide. I know believe is of the heart, and I'll come back to that in a moment. But he had to mentally decide, I choose. I'm going to choose this, to agree that what God promised will come to pass in my life. Mentally, you have to switch. You have to change your mind. I'm going to be among those who rise. I'm not going to be among those who fall. I'm going to be among those who will believe. I'm not going to be found among those who are unbelieving. When Jesus came, there were people who believed. And there were others who did not believe. They seen miracles right before them. And they're like, is this not Joseph's son? I mean, how can he be like in the spirit in one moment? You're looking at that man. He's anointed. You're thinking, man, is he really the Messiah? And he says, yes, yes, I am. Today, this scripture that you've heard from Isaiah and I've, I've read to you is fulfilled in your ears. Those who are held captive will be free. The blind will see. The lame will walk. God's blessings that he promised through the prophets that will come through the Messiah is here. And the people can feel something. They can sense the anointing. They're like, wow. Whoa. For real? This has happened in my lifetime? And then some of them are like, but wait a minute. We know him though. He's, he's the son of the carpenter. I mean, he's not a Pharisee. He's not a Sadducee. He's not, a he's not trained in the religious school. Wait a minute. How? And so they fall instead of rising. Do you see this? I pray that you will choose. No matter where you are in your life, no matter the arguments that go on in society, that you always choose to believe what God said. 
And there shall be a performance of what you believe from what God has said. What you're waiting for will happen. Amen. Sometimes, uh, you know, a society, what's going on in the society obviously impacts us, you know, all of us. And I, I have something to repent for that I'm going to tell you about. Uh, sometimes, even with, uh, you know, as ministers, we allow what's going on in the society to impact us and we're either afraid or some are unwilling, you know, maybe reticent in sharing exactly what God said, you know. <laughs> the Lord, when he spoke to me, spoke to me this, this uh, thing two days ago, uh, two or three days ago, that he was releasing miracles in rapid succession to the body of Christ, to his people. And he said, pray about this. Because some will believe and receive, others will struggle to receive. So pray for them. Right? So, I, you know, so I prayed. And then the Lord gave me a revelation. I saw a woman. It was like there was a, a deadline. You know, there was a, a set, by a certain date, something had to happen. And if that didn't happen by that date, the door will be closed for her. All right? Just follow me. So I, I see this date, and it's like something, I'm going to come to that thing. Something has to happen by that date. If it happens, then everything that has been set in store and planned for her will begin to unfold very quickly in rapid succession. What God had said for the body now he gives me example of a particular person that I am seeing, and I see a date. And by this date, something has to happen. If it happens, then everything that's been set in store and planned for her will just begin to roll out. One after the other. I mean, she'll just be inundated with blessings. Amen. So the Lord tells me, this is why I said to pray. Because for some people, there are certain like targets, there are certain deadlines, certain things that must be done. You know, they must take certain positions. And if they take those positions, they will be connected to their way makers. They'll be connected to the divine connections that God has for them. You understand? So... It's like being in the right place at the right time so that they don't miss God. You know? And that is why I had to pray. Anyway, so I prayed, and then the Lord shows me this. Just before the date, this particular person was a woman, and what happened was she received a proposal, a marriage proposal. Before that deadline, she got a marriage proposal. I mean, it was just something. She was surprised. Just, she was just shocked by it. If you remember, for those who have been following, maybe like last month, I don't remember exactly when, but sometime last month or so, I, I got a revelation that I shared with you about uh, a woman who got a proposal. They, they, work, they work 
together. She works together. They're like a group of people. And they are the cafeteria, the company's cafeteria. And this guy who likes her just bletched it out, you know, like, will you marry me? Just, you know, and, and we, it, it, it was not romantic, obviously. And, you know, I mean, this is a cafeteria. But it was actually the blessing of God for this particular person. How many remember that? You remember? Okay. I actually almost did not share that particular revelation. And the reason why I didn't share it, I was reluctant sharing it because of the environment in which I live now. Um, you know, you have, you think to yourself, you know, you say this, because pastors, we're preaching God's word, we're doing a spiritual thing. But there are obviously, and everybody has their own opinion, and there's so many things that go on in now society, in our environment, where sometimes people will judge us, the pastors, they'll judge what we say. You know, so you say something like this, oh, somebody blurted out to you at a, at a cafeteria, you know, you know, marry me. I like you, marry me. I mean, you know, a pastor says something like that. Somebody's going to sit there and judge the pastor like, you know, I, we haven't dated. I don't know whether I really like you. Why would God even say something like that? You, you get, I mean, I, I was thinking those things to myself. I don't want anybody to think I'm stupid. You know? You're also going to get some people who are going to say, well, that's not romantic. I mean, why do I, want to, why do I want to marry somebody like that who proposes to me right there in a, you know, company cafeteria, you know? I thought about all those things just because of the environment in which I live. And I almost didn't say it. But the Spirit of God put a check in my spirit, you know. He is God. I'm God. You are human. I called you. Are you going to be afraid of people? Are you going to bother about what they think about you or say what I gave you? Say it. The one for whom it's for will be blessed. The others who will be critical of it or think whatever, well, yeah, thank you. So I, I, I did say it back then. Well, this uh, second time when this came to me, again, I'm like Isaiah. I live among a sinful people in a sinful generation. <laughs> I've been touched myself by it. So I'm kind of struggling, Lord. Did I really say this? You know. Well, I've already said it. Amen. So anyway, the person, now this second time, gets this proposal. By the deadline, they accept it. And in rapid succession. So, oh, yes. This was somebody who wanted to be married. That's another thing that I get bothered by. If I'm going to talk about people want, you know, like a marriage proposal, you're dealing, you're in a society where there are people who don't want to be married. They don't care about that. So they're like, Pastor, just get off that subject. I came to church to hear you preach the word. I don't want to know all this. L- listen to me. We get judged by that. Sometimes you have people who get mad. Why are you talking about all this? I don't want to be married. Get off the subject. Well, God is ministered to somebody else. Can you be patient for somebody to receive? Amen. Then we'll get to what you need. 
Maybe what you need is not what someone else needs. So while you are being ministered to, if they got bored and said, you know, I don't need this, this is not necessary, you will miss out too. So let's be patient with one another. And let's not judge what God gives to us through our pastors and our ministers. You know, you know, sometimes somebody can give you a clip. Just clip a message out of context. Then you just hear this and you judge. I see this online all the time. People judging people. We, we are at a time where people are merciless. That's the kind of spirit that we're dealing with. Don't let this get into your heart. Don't let it get into your spirit. Stay in the word of God. Be a peacemaker. Be merciful. Amen. Amen. So anyway, this woman, before the deadline, gets a marriage proposal, gets married, and, and has a baby. I mean, like, within a year, gets married, has a baby, has a house, has a brand new car, and I mean, it's just the blessings are rolling one after the other. We're moving from they were by themselves, they got married, they got they, they, they got a child, they get a house, they get a car, they get a plane. I mean, it was, it's just going. Now, and then when we got to, they got a plane park, I got scared. Me. I was like, wait a minute, that's, that's big. That's, that, that, I was like, that's, that's big in such a short time. This is my mind now critiquing what God showed me. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to literally have a plane. They may actually have a physical plane as well. But it could also be representative of the magnitude of the blessings of God coming to that person's life. The elevation, the altitude, where planes go high, don't they? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to go high. So maybe that's seeing the aircraft come into that woman's life. Maybe that's what it represents. Maybe it actually also represents that they get a physical plane. I remember years ago, I was preaching. I went to Florida. And I was preaching. And I just, it was, that wasn't a prophecy. It was just making declarations. And I... Over, over the people. And one of the declarations was that God will give them aircrafts for their businesses. Somebody in the congregation at the end of the service came to me, said to me, Pastor, uh, I mean, I don't know you, you know, visit, I don't know you very well. Uh, I don't know what's going on in the congregation, but as a pastor, I'm sure that people come to you for counseling. Well, I have connections here. This is in West Palm Beach. Connections with people who sell aircrafts. And if you're free this week, I can take you, you know, so that if somebody in the congregation takes the word that you spoke, he said that what you spoke, they need an aircraft. You know, uh, when I show it to you, you can connect them. to it. I mean, it was like, and I thought to myself, wait a minute, that, I remember them thinking, this is too fast. I mean, I, I'm just a pastor. I prayed. I spoke things. Why are, you, why are you making it? You're like, let's go the, by the plane. And he was so nonchalant. It was just so normal. 
You know what it did to me? It, it challenged me to take God at his word. It challenged me to take God seriously. And he actually took me and showed me around. And uh, we went to two places. We went to a place where they sell aircrafts. And then he also took me to a neighborhood that is, a, they call it an aero club community. You know, like a developer builds a community. But this particular developer builds a community for people who own planes. At least for the people in the community, they have small planes. Some of them have small planes and big planes. <laughs> the small planes are parked next to their house. The small planes are parked. They have hangars attached to their houses. And they take the small plane, like, just like you drive your car to work, they take that small plane to uh, an airport. And then they get into the uh, big plane, you know, 747, whatever, and they go in, they fly international. This is their business. This is their life. And it was, it was like, so some people live like this. This is, this is some people's normal life. When I'm preaching in church, when I'm prophesying in church, and for me it's very spiritual, there's, there was at least somebody there that for him was very normal. So he was like, if God has prophesied, if God has said it, I'm sure somebody is going to come to you, pastor, and talk to you about getting an airplane. Well, I have the contacts I know, so not, here's my business card. You call me this week. If you're free this week, I'll take you around. And I was like, wow. So I, I pray for you that God will do in your heart and your life what he did for me. He challenged me to believe God for what God says to actually come to pass. I mean, don't put forth till 100 years from now what God wants to do today. Don't put forth till your grandchildren's generation what God wants to do in your generation. You can wait for the consolation of the Lord that you will see it before you die. When we go back to the man, you're going to see it. He said, when he saw what he had been believing God for, he said to God, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. For my own eyes have seen what you promised. This is what I'm talking about. Don't say, oh yes, I believe it, but God can only do it in my grandchildren's generation. Can you understand me? I don't know if you can get this. I preached something. I prophesied. That day, it was not a vision that God gave to me. I'm just ministering as a man of God. You know, there are some things we minister by a vision. And then there are some things you minister just from study, your preparation, and the Spirit just moves you. You get me? All right. Unlike today, where I actually saw this woman get the proposal before the date. And then she gets uh, a baby. They have a house. She has a, a new car. And then an airplane. I mean, this is, it's just boom, 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 boom. I'm like, whoa. When they got to the plane, I was like, wait a minute, God. That's, that's like too big too soon. You know? But the Lord said, I will give you what? Miracle upon miracle in rapid succession. We're talking about God. 
what God can do, not what I can do, not what man can do. A miracle is God intervening in the natural affairs of your life to do what you cannot do and to do what nature and the surroundings cannot accomplish. It has to only be spiritual, divine. That is a miracle. You can't explain it. It is a miracle. A human being could not have done it. It is a miracle. Amen. I was challenged. And I'm not trying to reduce. And I know people criticize that. You're making the gospel a material gospel. No, this is not what. No, no, no. I'm talking about something else. I'm not trying to reduce the gospel to God to give you a car, God to give you a plane. No, 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 no. Jesus died for us to be born again. For us to have the eternal life, the nature of God. Yes. But what I'm trying to tell you is this. I, I was of a certain mindset. I'm ministering by the Spirit. Somebody in the church in Florida had what I was thinking was big, was normal to them. Can you understand? And right that day after the service, he didn't even give me a time to wait two years, come back two years later, go look. That day, he said, let me go show you because somebody in the service may come to you as a pastor. Because people talk to pastors, you know, counseling, and they may say, well, pastor, you prophesied this or you prayed this. I need a plane. Well, if somebody comes to you, I think the person must have really had a lot of faith in me. You know? I mean, some people like, you know, they're like, yeah, if you, if you prophesied it, you must be really high up here. I wasn't there. He was there. I wasn't there. This is what his normal life. Ladies and gentlemen, showed me a neighborhood where somebody's normal life is that when he gets out of his house to go do his business, he flies a plane. I remember when he drove me in there. He ch- People are challenging, you know. He drove me there. And he asked me those huge garages attached to the house. He said, what do you think is in there? It was a hanger. I didn't think of it as a hanger. And to tell you how far away I was from that kind of normal life, I grew up, our dad was an aeronautical engineer who grew up going to his office, going to the hangar. I know what hangar is. Who grew up playing. You go into the aircraft and I look at all those buttons and, you know, you are with one of the engines, one of his friends, you know, little kid, you're there and they show you and you, and I'm mesmerized. This was, you grew, but now I'm an adult and I've forgotten all that. And this, this gentleman challenged me. He said, what do you think is in there? And I said, in that garage? I said, it's too big to be a car. And the mansion next to it is too nice for there to be a truck, a tractor trailer in there. You know what he told me? He said, I didn't ask you to tell me what is negative. The gentleman was a millionaire. He said, he said I, didn't tell, I didn't ask you to tell me what is not there. I asked you what's in there. Can you imagine? Look at the thinking. He asked me a question. What do you think is in there? And I answered, you know, it cannot be, it cannot be, it cannot. He said, 
He said, I didn't. And then he said, no, 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 I didn't ask you to tell me what is not in there. Are you with, can you see my thinking, where his thinking was and where my thinking was, my mentality was? He said, I asked you and he told me, he said, he said, pastor, you just have to respond. You can be wrong. It's all right. Just say what you think is there. If you're wrong, it's all right. But I didn't, he said, I didn't ask you to tell me what is not there. Young people, it's like, forgive me, this is not my, my background, but I've heard it. And I, I used to be an athlete also, so I know it. And did martial arts, so I know this. If you're fighting somebody or you're competing and you're thinking, I don't want to lose, more than likely you're going to lose. If you're going to shoot a basketball and you're thinking, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't, I, I, I'm hoping it, does, you know, I, it doesn't bounce off. More than likely, that negativity affects, it affects your body. It affects everything about you and affects your performance. You have to do what you're called to do, being confident, knowing I can do this. If I throw the basket, it'll, it, it'll go in. When you have that energy about you, obviously you practice, you, you, you're good and all that. But when you have that energy about you, at clutch time, when your team needs somebody to make the basket to win, they'll be looking for you to give the basket. Because they know if they give it to you, it's going in. I heard this, this uh, Ed Jordan, Michael Jordan, make this comment. He said, uh, uh, forgive me, uh, now I'm not sure whether it was Ed Jordan who said it or Magic who said it. But one of them said, I see a big uh, bucket there when I'm throwing the ball. He said, I see a big, I see a big, if it's a big bucket, it's going to go in. Somebody's going to throw it thinking this, this little thing, how can I fit the ball in? You see, that's negative thinking. I told you Simon had to change his mind first and then his heart had to believe. It's two things. You have to change your mindset. You have to decide, I'm going to be one of those people in this nation who will rise. I'm not going to be among those who will fall. Are you with me? You have to change your thinking first, and then you believe. You have to change your mindset. Amen. So if you listen to me, and you're a woman, you desire to be married, well, you will be married. It will come shortly. Amen. With a house, with a child, with a car, new car, with a plane, with, I mean, in rapid succession. God showed me that. Praise God. Something else helped me to actually say this also. Someone sent me uh, a video clip. After I got this revelation, somebody sent me a video clip. <laughs> I, I could not believe that it was happening at that time. I think it was like God was saying, I want you to, to say this to my people. And give that example that that woman who desires to be married... She will be married before her deadline, before her biological clock ticks off or whatever. Whatever that deadline is, she will be married. She would, and she's marrying, going into a beautiful house. She's getting her child right away. And she's getting her beautiful car and her plane. Tell them that. Well, anyway, this video that was sent to me, I, I'm... You know, been very busy, 
This has been very hectic for me this week. Hectic, heavy, heavy hectic. It's not been good at all. It's just not been good. But God has been good. God has been good. Amen. God has been good. So, we buried my cousin in one of the stars, brightest stars in my mother's family, last week. This week, his sister after him also passed. On the same day that Pastor Meg's brother was buried, this week has been, I'm like, wow. Wow, I am worn, I am tired. I'm just tired. But God's grace, man, we have a good God. We just have a good God. When that heaviness is there, he will comfort you. He will console you. He will give you grace. He will help you through this. Amen. And we had already gone through dealing with two deaths. You know, and even as a church, we had gone through, you know, a, 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 you know, a burial. And, and I mean, for me, a, a dear friend. You know, y'all, you know, not, let me tease you. Y'all don't call me to check on me. Stacy will call me and check on me. You all, I check on you. If you call me, you need prayer or something. Honestly, I mean, really, I'm not trying to put you there. I'm just messing with you. But it show you how wonderful Stacy was. Can you imagine? Can you, I mean, Pastor, you know, somehow, because God called us to minister, it's our job, we do it great. You know, most people don't think, you know, Pastor, you're even human. <laughs> He would call me to check on me. Now, now, let me see. Who, who in this church, who, who do I have? <laughs> uh, I know you all love me now. Because I'm teasing you, all right? Don't feel sad. Don't feel offended. You know, but I'm really trying to tell you, Stacey was an amazing person. That's us all. So, hello, church. I love you. I'm not saying you're bad people. Don't get offended. We're good? All right, thank you. And it's not that you never even ask how I'm doing. I know somebody's going to. So, Pastor, the other day I asked and you didn't even acknowledge that. Oh, come on, grow up. <laughs> so, anyway, we all good? All right. So, you know, such, such a heavy, heavy, heavy week. But God ministered to me. God ministered to me. Then he gives me this revelation. He tells me that he's going to pour out. Man, he's going to do, going to do work notable miracles. Things that people have been waiting for. Five years, 12 years, 18 years. It doesn't matter. It will come now, suddenly, in the name of Jesus. Yes. And then shows me this vision. And he says, tell it. And again, like I said, I repent. You know, I think to myself, I don't want anybody to criticize me. I don't want to be talking about these things. God said, go, go, pray. First he said, pray about it. You know, pray for them. Pray that everybody will receive. Pray that they'll receive. 
There's some who regularly receive. The others, the enemy is fighting. You know, pray for them to receive. Amen. Even those who are opposed to it, pray for them. So I prayed. And then God gives me this vision. And somebody sends me this video clip. I got busy. Somehow, you know what? I said, uh, let, me, let me just check this thing out. So I, I look at it. This woman, single mother, has actually had, this is a testimony, has had three children with three different men who never married her. She's now 46, and she says, I want to be married. I'm praying for my own man. God, give me my own man. For once in my life, I just want my own man married to my own man, even at my age. She's saying this, this is a prayer, in the video. So she goes to work. She's worked with this lady for about 15 years. This lady comes into her office, a friend comes into her office, and they are talking. Their friend gets a phone call, excuses herself, picks the, answers the phone. It's the friend's brother. So she's talking to her brother. Then the lady herself also gets a call. So she goes to the corner away from, you know, them to answer her call. And as she's talking, this colleague she's worked with for 15 years, who's never told her that she has a brother. The brother happens to call that day. They're talking, and the brother says, who do I hear over here talking in the room? And the sister says, oh, I mean, actually in my friend's office. The brother says, I like her voice. I like her voice. Honestly, forgive me for saying this. I heard the lady on the testimony, there's nothing to the voice. That's when you know God is at work. There is nothing to the voice. Nothing. He said, I like her voice. I want to get to know her. And you know there are things that you can tell your sibling, right? I want to get to know her. In fact, I want to marry her. This is, this is on the phone. I mean, like, I like her voice so much, I just want to keep this voice with me. That kind of feeling, you know? So he asked to talk to her. Well, she finishes her phone call, and they talk. And exchange phone numbers. So this was in July, on July 30th. She prays about this in March. On July 30th is when they talk. And in August, the man says, uh, I want to marry you. You choose a date. So the lady says, February. And they are in Europe, but both of them, their family, families are in Africa, but they're in Europe, England or someplace, anyway. 
And so she's thinking, oh, we need time to do all that. So February. The man says, you choose the date. It's okay, February. And then a couple of weeks later, the man comes and says, uh, no, she gets a word, a prophecy, that the marriage that you, 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 you wanted, you don't have to wait too long for it. It'll happen like an emergency. Something that happens like emergency. You know, like you take some, somebody to the hospital in an emergency. She gets a word like that. Your marriage would be like an emergency. She gets that word. The man calls her and says, you know, February is too long. I don't want to wait till February. Let's just get married. So in October, they got married. This is July 30th, October, they are married. What, what date is that? December. I mean, this is like, and then God says to her, well, you told me you want your own man. Yes? Well, I gave you your own man. So when I heard that, I said, well, then I had really have to tell God's people this vision that God gave to me. Amen. There will be a performance of what God told you. It will happen. Now, of course, maybe for you, it's not marriage. It doesn't have to be marriage. It's just whatever it is. Just ride with the wind of the spirit. Get on this wave. You catch the wave, you ride it. Amen. Just like I taught you last week, the eagle will wait for and ride on the wind currents so that it does not have to use its own effort and flap its wings. It just goes with the wind currents. And as the wind rises, it just keeps rising with it. And it's beautiful. The way of the eagle in the sky is so beautiful. The Bible talks about it in Proverbs chapter 30. Amen. I taught it on Wednesday night. I'll continue this Wednesday night. The way of the eagle. Beautiful. The Bible talks about it. But why the way of the eagle? Because it's telling you about looking for the way of the wind of the spirit. Moses knew God's ways. You have to move with the spirit. I'm telling you, God has told me that he's going, he's releasing into the body miracles that will happen in rapid succession. Notable miracles, amazing miracles. They're just going to come boom, 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 boom. you just be shocked. Amen. There was a time in my life somebody challenged me. And it's not just the Bible, but from the Bible I'm preaching and teaching and telling them somebody in Florida challenged me to, to let my mind agree with what the Bible is saying. Come on, you follow me. The Lord says, I write my word on your spirit and on your mind. My heart believes this thing, but my mind was like, well, maybe this is not for me. This is not for me at this time. This is not my level. And God showed me this is a normal thing. It's not a big deal. Some people, this is their normal life. You have a house, you have a garage. Some people have a house, and their garage is a hangar. And that millionaire asked me, what do you think is in that place? And I said, it's, it's, it can be a tractor trailer because the mansion is so huge, it's so beautiful, nobody, will, people who own that won't have a tractor trailer. And, and so he, I said that. I said, well, it can be a car because it's just too big. 
And then he stabbed me and said, I didn't ask you to tell me what's not there. Don't think in negative terms. You can be wrong. He said, Pastor, you can be wrong. Just tell me what you think it's there. Be positive. I was like, wow. Some people think differently. He forced me to think differently. So we're driving through. He didn't tell me what it was. He challenged me to think positively, and I'm thinking. And he sees I'm quiet, you know. I still don't want to make a mistake. (laughs) God leads me from my misery. One of the hangers opened and outrolled a plane. I was like, oh my God, look at this. This This is normal life for some people? Yes. A little later on, I'm watching television. Geraldo Rivera, Geraldo, something like that, like news guy person. He says he lives in upstate New York, comes to work in Manhattan, in the city. He says, I just get on my chopper and I fly into the city. He says, if I'm going to drive, it's going to take me too long. You know, so my chopper comes and they take me. And while I'm on it, you know, 15 minutes, I'm just preparing you know, and he talked about how economy of time, how it saves, saves him time. Time, the value of his time. He leaves his home in a chopper. And it was, it's not that it's lavish living. No, the, the, the day he talked about it, it's just, he's talking about something else. He just mentioned it, that... His time is is valuable. So if this is what he needs to purchase a chopper to help him save time and not deal with traffic, that's what he'll do. I mean, that is like normal life. You understand? He has to, he has his career. He has his business. He has to, whatever it is he has to do. These are examples in life that God used to teach me that whatever I have called you to do, what you need to do it is normal. Don't be bothered by what people think about it. What I've called you to do, whatever you need to come along with so that you can do it, it's normal, it's standard. Ladies and gentlemen, do you get it? So if what God has called you to do, if it takes a billion dollars to do it, that billion dollars is not a big deal. It's a standard, it's normal. I need for you to think that way. To someone else, it's it's big money. No, not for what you are called to do. I think finally I'm beginning to feel like, I I feel the release. You're with me. Amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, to crown it all, this millionaire after this tour then tells me as we're leaving, he says to me, Pastor, you are God's, I think he saw, he saw, you know, where I was in my thinking. He said, you are God's executive. This should be your lifestyle. He's, he's a millionaire. You know, I'm not even at, at 10, at that time I was not, ten, ten, you know, $10 near. <laughs> and just think about it. And a millionaire is telling me, you are God's executive. This should be your lifestyle. Wow. 
And, and the thing is, whether I live there or not, what held me was that he's telling me you have to raise your thinking. And, and you have to know there's nothing too hard for God. He created the universe. He fashioned you. If you need a new liver, God will give you a new liver. Hallelujah. Somebody in Florida had liver cancer. Just takes the devotionals that I, I put out. And one of the ministers there gave the devotionals to her. Back to back that particular week. The Spirit of God is just moving me that way. Pray against cancer and, and release these words and put these prayers out. That week, I think there were two of them I put out. The minister, I, don't, I didn't even know the person was sick. The minister gave it to them. You read this. You pray the prayers pastor put on there. You believe this. They began to do it. And liver cancer is gone. Healed. Healed. God healed. Now that's God. That's God. The doctor says, well, it's not supposed to be like that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not supposed from your previous test to the, it's not supposed to be like that. Well, it has happened. Glory be to God. With God, all things are possible. Bless God that you are included in the rising up of the many that Jesus will lift up. You will not go down. Refuse to join the unbelieving ones. Refuse to join those who, who doubt God. Don't doubt God. If you doubt, doubt your doubts. And believe God. So in Luke, come back to Luke with me. I think it was 38, was it, uh, wait a minute, Luke 2, uh, Minister Oscar said, I think 34, was that, yes, 34, and Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. The rising again, you will rise again. Somebody say amen. And for a sign which shall be spoken against. And then notice he prophesies about the death of Christ, the pain that the mother will experience. Verse 35. Yes, a sword shall pierce through your own soul also. That the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. 35 is talking about that Mary, your, your son will be crucified. So as a, as a mother, you'll experience this pain, but it is necessary for people, the whole world to be saved. Do you get it? Now come to 36. Let's talk to the women now. Talk to the females. <laughs> America, America, man. Talk to the females. Amen? Yeah, I want to get you. It doesn't matter which way you go. When we do Bible, we will get you. In the Bible, he created the male and female. So I got you there. And I pray that God will deliver you from gender confusion in Jesus' name. Amen. And I leave it right there. Male and female. See, some things you don't need to talk too much. The Spirit of the Lord will handle it. And he created the male and female. I just 
gave you the example of the male simian. Now let's do female. We good? Amen. Verse 36. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about four score and four years. That's 84 years. Who departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Yeah, I heard you, Pastor Sandra. Wow. Amen. I, I like your exclamations. Especially when you say glory be to God. I'm like, yes. Wow. And she coming in that instant, that instant, when you sense the anointing, in that moment, in that instant, go with God. Don't put off till later what God wants to do in this instant. You will be married. Your land will be married. What has been removed from you will come to you. In this instant, she said, I receive it in Jesus' name. Not, ah, I wonder, should I, should I, should No, no, no. The Bible says you recover all. You recover all. Amen. He will restore to you the years that you've lost. The years that have been stolen from your life. The years that the caterpillar, the locust, the canker, the palmer one have stolen from your life. Joel chapter 2. The Lord says he will restore unto you. To men and women both. He will restore to you. To young people and to old people. He will restore to you. To my handmaidens and my servants. He will restore because the anointing will come upon you. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Young, old, uh, young and old will prophesy. Men and women will prophesy. Young people, prophesy your future now. Prophecy means to speak by the inspiration of God what you want to see in the future. Speak it now. A prophecy is a revelation of what's coming that God shows to you in the spirit. Amen. It's not happening yet, but you see it. If you see it in your heart, say it. Speak it. Young people, when you're in your room by yourself, you study or you listen to music or do whatever, the things that are in your heart that you desire, speak them out. Don't only think it, speak it out. Declare it. I am this because God says this. This is what God has put in my heart. It will come to pass. Be like Joseph. And you say, yes, I can see my sheaf rising and other sheaves bound before me. That means in the industry that I'm going to go into, I will be the head and not the tail. I'll be above and not beneath. I'll rise. Amen. Be ten times better than the best of the unbelievers. Speak it. Declare it. Because God's going to use your life to make a difference in this world. Positively. Amen. All right. So females, let's go. Luke 2 and verse 38. And she, she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord. All right. Do you see the connection back to who? Simeon. Come on, people. And 38. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord. Just as Simeon had given thanks, she also gave thanks. So it is necessary that we actually consider both of them. Right? 
If, if you're just reading, you had just been studying this by itself and it said likewise, then Bible study demands that you go back and see why he said, he said likewise. Similarly. What is this similar to? You follow me? All right. Don't fall asleep on me now. Amen. Praise God. As Max says, you're listening when you're quiet. Since they are listening. That's okay. Good. Did you learn something? You see that? Okay. Okay. Now, let's take something else from it. If somebody reaches out by faith and receives something, and they, are, they leap in their spirit, just like when Jesus, in Luke chapter 10, when the 70 returned and said, Lord, demons were subject to us in, in your name, and Jesus said, rejoice that your names are written in the book of life, and all that. Yes, after that, the Bible says Jesus leapt in the spirit. He jumped in the spirit. He was excited. He said, Father, thank you that you've revealed these things unto my disciples. Thank you that they're getting it. He jumped in the spirit. So sometimes in the church, when somebody jumps in their spirit, you can sense that maybe you're a little too slow. And somebody was just quick as you were wandering over it. Somebody was quick to go. Yes, I receive. You also, in that instant, also do what? Yes, I also receive. Sometimes I've seen this in crusades and in conventions. As you have that spirit stirred up, miracles begin to happen. Because it's a spirit of faith that is just snowballing in that place. Unlike somebody says, yes, I receive. And people are like, what's going on? Just look around. We wonder, well, what did she do that for? Some of you used to do that years ago, but you're not doing that anymore. Hallelujah. So don't go back there. Amen. People are worshiping God, praising God. Don't be looking at them like, what's she doing? Oh, you used to do that when you didn't understand the things of God. You have grown. Amen. In that instant, praise God. You sense the anointing, praise God. Go with God. The Bible says, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus went, Mr. Oscar, the Bible says Jesus went to Nazareth, his hometown. You know how you want to bless your hometown people, right? Goes to his hometown, and there he could not, not would not, but he could not do any mighty miracles except to heal a few sick folk. He wanted to do mighty miracles. He could not do it, the Bible says, because of their unbelief. Your unbelief can hinder God, but your faith will release the power of God unto you. I pray in the name of Jesus that you take hold of this word. That Jesus came for your rising up. That Jesus came to comfort you. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you remember Jesus telling his own disciples? He said, I will not leave you comfortless. Can you imagine? He's just, we're just, we're just chilling. We're just hanging out. And then the Lord says, I don't want to leave you comfortless. Why? Why did he say that? It's because it is his nature to comfort his people. It is his nature to minister life to your spirit, soul, and body. He knows what everybody needs. And it is his nature to give to you the blessing that makes rich to which there is no sorrow. It is his nature to bring you to a place where nothing is missing, that it is broken. What you lost is restored unto you. It is his nature to do that. He will go out of his way to seek you out to help you. Amen. 
he must needs go through Samaria. Why? Because of a woman who had had five, I think it was, yes, five marriages. Five marriages. Can you imagine what, I don't know what newspapers they had. You know, sleazy newspapers were talking about her online, you know, gossiping about her. Five marriages in a sixth now relationship to a man that she's not married to. And Jesus, man, you got to love Jesus. Jesus meets her. Jesus does not condemn him. He, he will not condemn her, excuse me. Jesus will not condemn you. The Lord hates sin, but never the sinner. And you notice that he does not stay on, you're bad, you're this. You, you, no, 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 no. He stays on your healing, your deliverance, your uplifting, your rejoicing. That is what excites the Lord. Some of you like gossip too much. Some of you like negativity too much. Some of you, man, you can leave church. There was a powerful service. And right outside the door, you are talking negative things and discussing unnecessary things. I'm like, wait a minute. What happened? Where, where were we? We were not in a bar. We were in the presence of God. Reverend Janice took us to the holiest of all. I remember it because I was there. I saw the flow, not a flow chart, but I saw the chart. Yeah? I saw it. And I saw myself going through the gates and going through the courts. And I saw myself not being in the courts of the Gentiles, not staying in the courts of the women. But I saw myself going not even to the holy place, but into the holiest of all. I saw the veil of the temple torn by the flesh of Jesus. And Jesus has come to God. Now I can go there after such a service. My God. Don't talk to me about Republicans or Democrats after such a service. Don't talk to me about conspiracy theories after such a service. Don't waste your time and call me. Pastor, what do you think about this? No, let us pray for the kingdom of God to come. It is time for you to change your minds, church. So you can believe for your consolation. You cannot just switch it on and off, living in the kernel, wasting your time, conspiracy theories, online, checking this, checking this, and then you need to believe God and think all of a sudden it will happen. You get a miracle. It doesn't happen that way. You got to stay in the spirit. Walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. You got to stay in the word. You got to fill your heart with the word of God. Let the word of God dwell richly in your heart. He said richly. You understand rich, right? Praise God. Forgive me, don't get offended, but one example in the natural. The difference between my car, just an example, and a rich man's Maserati or Lamborghini and my car. Rich is different. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Are we doing that? Are we allowing the word of God to dwell in us richly? Some of you, my God, you are so rich on all those websites, but I said, you know, this thing came out, recently, and then you, oh, I, have you not known me? Have you been with me so long and not known me? And you waste your time, and you send me that on WhatsApp, send me that, and this new thing, and they said this on this website, they said this, hey! Whom have you believed? Who is your father now? Who are you sitting under now? 
May you repent. May you be loose. May you be set free in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise in this instant and say that I am set free. Jesus said he will not leave me comfortless. He will send me another comforter. That meant he was a comforter himself. He is a comforter, but he never wants you to be without the fullness of his blessings, of his presence, of his glory, of his power. The Lord gives grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. May his goodness and his mercy follow you today and every day of your life. Oh, kabahata librendos. La grace de Dieu avec moi tous les jours de ma vie. The grace of God, somebody says with me, every day of my life, grace upon grace to you mercy upon mercy to you power upon power to you glory upon glory miracles in rapid succession amazing miracles your body healed glorious miracles instant miracles creative miracles come to pass even though they told you you have glaucoma in a moment the spirit of God will relieve the pressure behind your eyes I pray that for you in the name of Jesus my high doctor said I seen this I don't really like this I'm going to send you to an expert uh, and uh, yeah another expert so I go and they check me out and I prayed and I go and they check me check me out and you know she's checking for glaucoma and she comes back with all that and she says you know what Go and live your life. Let the doctor said, go live your life. You don't have anything. You're fine. So I said, but why did they say, says, everybody's eyes, and so now explaining all the tech, you know, everybody's eyes supposed to look this way, look this way, and all that. And then you have this, and because you have this, it's what made her think that. But what you have this actually shows that you have perfect eyes. And then she said, you know, did they even tell you that you actually have 20-20 vision? I said, then why did she say that she wants to change my reading glasses? She said, go and live your life. You are fine. I'm telling you, in an instant, in an instant, God will change you. He will change your life. God will change your life in an instant. I don't know whether to tell you this. When you come to America, you know, as an immigrant, you go through like the process of getting regularized papers. You know, they call it green card. And then you get your, after green card, you get your national naturalization. All that. So you go through certain tests, you know, they make you do. And there's some, some places that the, uh, what is the people who give you the papers? What do they call the, the government department that does? Immigration. I, immigration. INS. Is that INS? Yeah. Okay. So there's some, some doctors, approved doctors. You got to go. Because they don't want you to go collude with your friend, you know. So, so they sent me to this place, right? Well, one of the places, they did this test. And, man, the strangest thing I ever heard in my life, somebody told me. He said, your heart does not look like the heart of any human being. Your heart 
looked, I said, what? He said, You're, you, he looks different. I said, what do you mean? I'm a human being. What do you mean? The devil is a liar. Oh, the devil is a liar. Yeah, some of you have forgotten. I actually said this in church to you a long time ago. I mentioned this. I remember one of the musicians, I, don't know, I think the drummer, talked to me after service. You know, said, Pastor, I like the position you took. Yeah. What do you mean your heart? I'm a human. What do you mean your heart doesn't look like that of a human being? I like the position you took, you know, that you stood, you know. Just one person talked to me about that afterwards. Anyway, uh, so, you know, usually when that happens, they let you go do other, further tests, you know, like you want to figure out. So I was sent to Innova. Innova, for those online, it's in uh, Northern Virginia. Uh, network, hospital network. Anyway, Northern Virginia, USA, those online. So I go and, and they check me out and they, they, you do your treadmill and then uh, nuclear test. They do the stress test and then another one other they call the nuclear test. So I did that, and then the third one. And he said, I got to do this third because I, I'm trying to figure out why they said that. Because I'm not seeing, because they make certain statements that it just boggles the minds of the, the doctors. So like, I did this test, everything was fine. Did this one? He said, well, I got to do a third one because I don't, I can't see why they said that. So after the third one, he says, you're fine. Everything's fine. I just don't know why they said that. I said, maybe their machines were faulty. Was, there's nothing wrong with me back then. It was their machines. This is just go. Cool. Your heart is fine. There's a God in heaven who rules in the affairs of men. Amen. Reverend Janice, I'll go back to a message you preached. I really like that part about we making sure we don't meditate on the negative experiences that relate to a challenge we're going through. I remember when the doctor said my heart was not like a, a human, other human beings. Reverend Janice, I remember thinking, hmm, maybe it's because, you know, my brother and I were born premature. Maybe it was something back then nobody ever figured it out. I remember thinking, you know, I'm wondering, you know, I would not have thought of it had he not told me that. So this is what I do now. When I hear anything negative, I refuse to dwell on it. I, I immediately, instantly find a scripture, go to the word of God, something that I can use to fight it. Praise the Lord. You are not a medical doctor. Are you with me? If a medical doctor or somebody says something about some aspect of your body or something, please don't do research online looking for negative things to confirm and affirm the negativity they told you. You may even find some information, but because you, it's not you are, it's not your background. You are not a medical doctor. It's not your expertise. There may be some other information that cancels out what you've just seen that you are not aware of. And what you've just seen locks into your mind and you begin to be fearful and believe that maybe you have this when in fact you don't even have it. 
And it's simply because you don't have that other information. If you're a doctor, you'd go, oh, no, no. Yeah, sometimes there's this. But even if there's this, there could be this other case too. And then this doesn't even apply. And right away, your mind is free. So please be careful. Don't be looking for negative information to confirm what the devil is saying. I, did I help you today? Amen. We've seen a man and a woman who both looked for what? Waited for what God has said to come to pass to become the experience. First it was Simeon and then Anna. Amen. Just a little something I want to add to this teaching before we pray. It says, come here with me, Luke 2. And please look at this, Luke 2, 36. Here's my question for everybody online. Anna the prophetess, what tribe of Israel was she from? Anna the prophetess. We read it, so you can just look at it. All right. It's not a trick question. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I really want to make a point, and you see it. She was of the tribe. Of, Jesus is from what tribe? Judah, right? She was of the tribe of Asher. Isn't that what you said in 36? Is that? We agree? Okay. This is to add to something I taught you last week from a question we got online about the lost tribes of Israel. And last week I told you this. There's nowhere in the Bible that God talks about a lost tribe. People say that. God doesn't say that. Are you with me so far? Yes? Okay. Did you notice here that we are told what tribe Anna came from? So at the time Jesus was born, Jewish people knew what tribes they came from. Come on. Are you with me? She, she was of the tribe of Asher. She was not even of the tribe of Benjamin or Judah. For those of you who know that, the Bible, Bible students, Benjamin and Judah were the southern tribes. Two, Benjamin and Judah, southern tribes. Then the other ten, see there are twelve tribes, yes? The other ten were the northern tribes. So that was the division they had in Israel. North, south. South is two tribes, north is ten tribes. Asher was part of the ten. Yet here in the New Testament, we still see a woman from Asher. So they were not lost. Do you get my math? She, was not, she knows her tribe. She's not lost. We get this so far? Okay. Let me give you another scripture. James chapter 1. This is leading somewhere. I'm building up to some, some place. James 1. Go to James. Oh, give us James 1 verse 1. Media team, if you can. James 1 verse 1. So are you, you're quiet, and that's fine. That's fine. I'm not criticizing you. I know you're thinking through this with me. That's good. All right. But we have all seen proof that somebody who was from 
one of the northern, ten northern tribes is mentioned, right? So she was not lost. Amen. Okay. Oh, I said James. Okay. Uh, James 1, 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, writing to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad or all over the place. Greetings to you. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. goes on, all right? But what I want you to notice is this. He wrote to the 12 tribes. Come on, people. The world will convince you that there are the lost tribes. The Bible says we know that 12 tribes were still intact. They are in the diaspora. They are scattered all over the world. But we know who they are. The point is God knows who you are. Is this settling in? Every one of you is chosen by God for a purpose. God has a destiny for your life. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you. Young people, hear me. God has plans for your life. Plans of welfare to give you a future and an expected end. And God never changes his mind regardless of what you may be going through. Regardless of what's happening in our world. A plague, coronavirus, whatever virus, whatever is going on. Politically, medically, it doesn't matter. You are still on God's timetable. You are still before God. His eyes are on you. Your life is in his palms. Nobody can pluck you out of his hands. God will bring to pass what he has said. And whatever he put in your heart, like he put in Joseph's heart, wait for the comfort, the consolation, the fulfillment of what God told you. It will come to pass. Joseph came from the prison to the palace. What God showed him, God didn't put him in the prison. God's way was for him to be in the palace. And God put him there. They put him in prison. They lied on him, put him in prison. God brought him out. In this world, people will lie on you. People will be racist. People will be prejudiced. People, you help people, they'll forget about you. All kinds of things may happen. But God has ordained for you to ride on the high places of the earth. They that wait upon the Lord, oh my God, they will not be down. They will not be weak. They will change weakness to strength and they will soar on high. They will mount up with wings as a mighty eagle. They will come into the place that God has appointed for them. Yes, remember that. Remember that. There are all kinds of teachings out there online. British Israelism. The lost tribes ended up in Britain. Then they came to America. So America is actually the, the chosen people. That is why they got the land from the natives. And all kinds of ridiculous things that are out there. Then you got people in Africa who says they are actually the real lost tribes, you know, and all. And that's why I took my time last week to teach you that the whole world was populated or repopulated after the flood from three people, Shem, Japheth, and Ham. 
Ham was the father of anybody who is black. It doesn't matter whether in Brazil, they're in the Caribbean, they're in North America, South America, Central America, India. If you're black, you came from Ham. Ham had four sons. Egypt. His name Egypt was actually Mizraim. Today, Egyptians call Egypt Mizraim. Egypt. And the beautiful thing is that Egypt was like two parts. You know, upper and lower Egypt. And Mizraim is double. It's, it's, it's M in Hebrew is plural. Mizr is Egypt's name. The Hebrew people call it Mizraim. M, like Elohim. M means plural. So they gave you a name that is plural because the nation would be double, like upper Egypt, lower Egypt, upper Nile, lower Nile. Do you see this? Okay, forget it. <laughs> you don't see it. Another time you get it. But I mean, for me, it just shows me the beauty of God's word. Anyway, Ham has four children. Egypt or Mizraim, Cush, the Cushites. And the Libyans, they were called foot. And then Canaan, four. Four. The Canaanites were the ones who took over Palestine and all the way to Syria. Part of Canaan's land was given over to the Israelites. Because not God, but Noah cursed Canaan. And the reason why Canaan was the one who got cursed, even though it was wrong, and not Ham, was because I showed you last week, Genesis 9-1, God blessed Ham, God blessed Shem, God blessed Jephthah. As for God, he blesses people. So black people are not cursed. That's also being taught online. Black people are not cursed. God did not curse black people. God blessed Noah and his sons. And black people came from Ham. There's no black person who came from Shem. There's no black person who came from Jephthah. Jesus did not come from Jephthah's line. He's not from Europe. I don't care how you twist it. He's not European. Jesus is not African. He was not. Jesus Christ was from Shem. Give me Genesis 9.26. Let me show you this. Genesis 9.26. I want to show you this quickly. Genesis 9. Pastor Joe, uh, I know you, you like these things. Uh, just correct me if I'm wrong. I'm looking for the scripture that says, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. Yes, correct. Genesis 9.26. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. The Lord God came from Shem. He is of Shem. He came from the tribe of Shem. I mean, the, the lineage of Shem. Jesus Christ did not come from Jephthah. The Europeans came descended from Jephthah. Shem is the father of the Semites, the Semitic people. Abraham came from Shem. Jesus is from Abraham. Please look at Matthew 1. Christmas is coming. Look at Matthew 1 verse 1. Now I'm teaching you, yes? Are you learning? 
<laughs> Matthew 1 1. Look at Matthew 1 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Jesus was the son of who? David, the son of who? Abraham. Amen. Look at verse 2. Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat Judah and his brethren. And then it goes on. On and on. You will not have time, but if you go on, it's just begat, begat, begat. Go to verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the carrying away unto Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away unto Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Even after they were exiled, they still knew who was who. Amen. But even if you don't accept that, let's just settle it. Even if people don't accept it, I know you do. But let's settle it with the word of God. The word of God tells us in James chapter 1, they knew of the people, the tribes who were in the diaspora. <laughs> like black people, you know, from Africa are now in the diaspora. They are all over the world. We are black people who are in Brazil. I think they are the majority. But they were first from Africa. The people they call African Americans, they are from Africa. Black people in India, they are from Africa. And they were all blessed. It doesn't matter where you are. God knows where you are. God knows who you are. And the promise of God to you stands sure. The foundation of God stands sure. The Lord knows those who are his. Go to Revelation 7. Please. Revelation 7. And verse 3. Saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, until we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard, verse 4, I heard the number of those who were sealed. And they were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. In Revelation chapter 7. At the end of time, we're not there. Towards the end of time, God still knows who the tribe people are. The world will tell you they are lost. God says, I know. Before the trouble comes, I'm going to seal them and protect them. What I'm saying here is that no matter what trouble comes into our world, the plague of a virus that's moving all over the world, and we rebuke it in Jesus' name. We declare it to stop. Amen. Until it stops as it's moving. You have to believe that I am sealed. You are sealed. Did you just see it? People will tell you the lost tribes. Well, when they were scattered by the Syrians, Assyria, in, you know, in 701 BC, the 10 tribes were scattered and nobody knows where they are. Maybe you don't, but God says, I do. Revelation 21, I end with this and then we pray. 21 and verse 12. I think this, this has to settle it for us. Revelation 21 verse 12. 
Let's read. One, two, three. Please read. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Read. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street, Revelation 21. I'm sorry. Revelation 21. I'm reading verse 21. Verse 12. Forgive me. Revelation 21, verse 12. This is talking about heaven. And had a, 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 and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and the names written thereon, which are... Please read, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Somebody say, I rest my case. This is a drop the mic moment. At the end of the book, God says in heaven, the gates, he says, I'm going to write what you call lost. It's so precious to me. That I inscribe who they are, their name, their honor, their dignity. They get this honor. Oh, may your name forever be in the Lamb's book of life. May you always be before God. May God remember you. I'll never forget this. My dear friend Stacy asked me, said, Pastor, why do you often say that? You pray and you see, declare this. May God remember you. Why do you say this? I say to you, may God remember you. It doesn't mean that God has forgotten what it is God is about to do for you, what he said. Amen. God put Noah and his family in the ark to save them from the flood. And the Bible says God remembered them and commanded the waters to dry off the face of the earth. Amen. May God remember you. And bring to pass his promise to get you married. Bring you the car. Bring you the airplane. Bring you the child. Bring you the business. Bring you the new health. Bring you the new strength. Bring you the vitality. Bring you what you need. May God remember you. People will say you are lost. People will say you are forgotten. That's what they say about the tribes of Israel. I, sh I proved it to you today from scripture. Anna knew who she was. I'm of the tribe of Asher. Prince Oscar, don't you remember, church? Paul preached and he said, I am of the tribe of Benjamin. They knew who they were. As we are about to pray, I admonish you. Take hold of a scripture. Know who you are in Christ. I am loved of God. I'm a child of the living God. And like Simeon, I take hold of the word of God, the promise of the Old Testament, that God will console us. God will comfort us. God will deliver us from our enemies. God will set us up on high. These are all prophecies that God gave to the people of Israel. And Simeon held on to it at the same time. Simeon representing the men. At the same time, Anna representing the female. She, females, she also held on to the same scripture, looking for redemption, looking for the consolation of God to her. When you read Simeon's life, Simeon said, Lord, you promised me this. I will see it before I die. May you not die till you live out God's purposes for your life. May you not die till you have lived out God's purposes for your life. Somebody say, I receive it. In Jesus' name. The world says they are lost. Maybe your friends think that you've lost. 
You followed God and look at her. You know, it's not even happening. A business is not growing or this, that, whatever. No, 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 no. Be like Simeon, the old man. <laughs> Maybe he had some friends, you know, he played some games with. He said, like, this guy, he's still so old. <laughs> whatever he wanted never happened. He's so old. No, 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 no. God will renew your youth. Even in your old age, you bear fruit. And Simeon bore fruit. Can you see your comfort from God? Can you see the consolation? Can you see the miracle? Can you see the promise coming to pass? Come on, somebody take hold of a particular promise or promises of God. Take hold of it. Be like Abraham. Take hold of it. I am the father of many nations. God calls what is not as if it is. So you call the same thing. Don't have a child, but he called himself father of many nations. Come on, somebody take hold of that and begin to praise God for the miracle. Praise God for the manifestation of God's goodness to you in the name of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not lost. Your life is not wasted. It is not over. You will recover all. Even the years stolen from you. Joel 2, God says the years, my God, he'll shorten it. He'll abbreviate it. He'll shorten it for you. Years, 10 years, it's wasted. God says, no, 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 nothing is wasted. Watch me restore. In the name of Jesus, receive your breakthrough today. In the name of Jesus, receive your restoration today. In the name of Jesus, may your eyesight be healed. The cataracts be removed. Supernaturally, yes. In Jesus' name, we are not against medical science. We are not against medical help, but we are praying for miracles. We are praying for what natural help cannot do, what doctors cannot do. We are going beyond that. That's what I'm praying for right now. I thank God for all of you. I thank God for the professionals in our church. I thank God. Oh, God bless all of you. Amen. God bless you and increase you. But right now, I operate in my office and I pray by the apostolic anointing that barriers will be broken in the name of Jesus. That the path will be made clear for you so that you arise and fulfill your purpose and destiny. That is what the apostolic anointing does. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you be established. I pray that you be established in Jesus' name. What naturally nobody can do for you in the name Jesus may the Lord do for you in the name of the Lord Jesus I pray for you that you be comforted by God I pray for you that your consolation will come I pray that your redemption will come I pray that your miracle will come I pray that God will prove to those who has, who said you are lost that you are found in the name of Jesus may it be said of you her name is engraved before the Lord. His name is engraved before the Lord in the palms of his hands. May it be said of you, the Lord has indeed given them a place in heaven. May it be said of you that the Lord is the one who has lifted them up. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you mount up with wings as a mighty eagle. In the name of Jesus, I pray that the anointed of God will hit your legs right now and strengthen your legs. I pray that it will strengthen your ankle bones, that you receive strength. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you right now. In Jesus' 
Jesus' name, that the power of God will hit you in your back and remove the back pain. I pray for your back to be healed in the name of Jesus. I pray for supernatural strength in your core, in your core right now. Yes, yes, yes. I know what exercises can do. We thank God for that. But I pray for supernatural strength. The Bible says angels came and strengthened Jesus. I pray that God will send angel armies to strengthen you. I pray that the Holy Ghost will strengthen you. Somebody's back is being strengthened now. Somebody's back is being strengthened now. Somebody's core is being strengthened now. In the name of Jesus. Makatoli indibricando zibricando rabanduze ikarosta brikushkantorendo in the name of Jesus. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, the Lord touch you and make you whole. The Lord touch you and make you whole. I rebuke infirmity. I rebuke infirmity. Be loose today. Be loose today. All over the world, in your homes right now, be loose from infirmity in Jesus' mighty name. Be loose from sickness. Be loose from that which is moving in the environment to affect you with illness. You are loose from it. In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke every diseased spirit, every sickness spirit, in Jesus' name. Come on, receive your healing now. In the name of Jesus. The whole head is healed. Your neck healed. Your vertebrae healed your spinal column healed your back healed your waist healed your waist healed i can feel it now i can feel it now i know we walk by faith i thank god for that but i can feel the power of god on somebody's waist and somebody's back you are healed in jesus name Pain in the legs be gone in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Again, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, be made whole. I pray that God will rewire your brain. Rewire your brain. Fire up your brain by the power of the Holy Spirit. Fire up your brain cells. Be healed in Jesus' mighty name. You will not have dementia. You will not have Alzheimer's. You will not be forgetful. Your mind is healed. You have the mind of Christ. Be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. Supernaturally, you have restored people. You have restored people. You have restored lives. I give you praise. I give you praise. Thank you for hands that are lifted up to God. Abraham said, I've lifted up my hands to God. That I will not look to man, but to God. I will not receive from man, but receive from God. We lift up our hands to you in praise, in honor, worship, and adoration. And we receive strength from the most high comfort consolation redemption from the most high god in jesus matchless name by the faith of god almighty i call it down give him praise give him praise somebody give him praise give the lord a shout a hallelujah hallelujah my eyes 
have seen the salvation of the Lord. My eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, all over the world, cause all their lines to fall unto them in pleasant places. Lands and houses they lost. Restore to them. Lands that were stolen from you be restored to you. Houses you lost be restored in the name of Jesus. As the Lord challenged me to know that it is normal to receive great things to do great works. The Lord bring you into that place and make miracles, living in the miraculous, your norm. Your normal life. Living in the miraculous. Lord make it their normal life. Where things that people think are big and mighty. Make it their normal. Who it's happening. Who it's happening. Who it's happening. Make it their normal life. Make it their normal life. In the matchless name of Jesus. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, God's people. Give God praise. Bless the Lord, somebody. Mr. Sherman, bless the Lord. Give praise. Give praise.